So this morning I want to share uh, my life journey of prayer with you. And it's, when I say journey, it doesn't mean I've arrived there. So it's, that's why it's called a journey. So I want to share a little thoughts with you. And uh, the topic this morning is called just hang in there. Uh, but before that, as usual, I have a very beautiful story. And uh, the two Sunday school kids came back uh, from Sunday school and they asked, they, they told their mom, Mom, today we learned all about how God made man and woman. And... The mom was very curious, like, wow, so what did you learn? Uh, well, God actually took mud and clay and he breathed over this little toy or something and man came. Okay, that's wonderful. And then the mom was like, okay, how did woman came? Oh, that's very easy. God put man to sleep, then he took his brains off and made woman. Okay, lift up your Bible. Say this after me, Lord Jesus, come on all the men, your, your brains are not gone, come on, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us, we need you Lord, we are not here to be entertained for 30 minutes and just go back and say I enjoyed it, we want to go closer in knowing you, so take us deeper Father, in Jesus name, Amen. Okay, so this morning um, I felt in my heart to share this and how many times you and me, we prayed and suddenly God answered our prayers. Yes, yes, you pray immediately. Suddenly, I remember when I was 17, I'm writing my finals in the 12th standard and, and I remember that time I just barely gave my life to the Lord and, and I don't know what prayers you can pray. Is it good prayers or bad prayers? And I was, I was very weak on max. So I said, pray, Lord, I pray that there will be a very smooth supervisor will come so I can copy and write the exam. And the Lord answered my prayer. <laughs> and somehow I got passed, you know. Uh, and now I look back and I say, well, there are prayers. You don't know whether you're praying out of your genuine heart or you're praying out of immaturity. But sometimes you pray and God answers the prayers like that. But sometimes you pray and the answers don't come. Anybody? Yes? Are you still praying and you're still, there's no answers? Yes? Yes, and I want to take some time to talk about a few things that uh, maybe uh, if you can turn your Bible to Ezekiel. Last week we dwelt in Ezekiel 37. We're going to take uh, chapter 36. Chapter 36. And we're going to read a couple of verses there. Uh, chapter 36 and 37. This is what it says. It's up there in the screen. Thus says the Lord God, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, this too I will let the house of Israel ask me to do that for them. I will increase their people like a flock. In common English it says, I will once again answer your prayers and let your nation grow until you are like a large flock of sheep. The children's Bible is what I like the most. This is what the Lord God says, I will again be asked by the people of Israel to do this thing for them. I will make their people grow as many as the flock of sheep. Now, when you ask, Daddy God listens to you. Do you believe that? It's not the volume that makes God listens. God is not deaf. You don't need to shout. You don't need to increase your volume. Somehow we think God is deaf. We need to increase. And No, no. We don't need to increase our volume to shout to God. And we don't need to beg. Hello? And we don't need to bargain. And we don't need to bribe. Begging, bargaining, bribing are all 
mentality of a slave a son and daughter don't beg don't bargain don't uh, bribe they believe not in themselves in Christ amen it's a big difference so all of you here you know are not beggars look at someone and say you're not a beggar you don't look like a beggar by the way you have to listen to emmanuel's new album it's, it was it's i got goosebumps thambi i'm not exaggerating literally it was anointed one and beautiful you should say i'm still single i'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway beautiful what is the title i forgot aadaram aadaram nirdanaya it's a old song but you it's a freddy joseph song and it's so beautifully has done so it's on youtube right yes beautiful and uh, this is what i feel in my heart all of you are 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 children of god but you are you are at the most importantly you understand you are not a slave you are a sons and daughters that means there is an inheritance that god has given to you that's something that you possess every single day in your life so from that perspective you need to look at the circumstances amen so now this is what we're going to go we're going to roll this quickly and uh, see how the lord leads the bible is not a bible of contradiction the old testament and the new testament actually doesn't contradict old testament is new testament concealed and new testament is old testament revealed okay it's it's not a contradiction many people say well i'm glad i'm in the new testament yes i understand your point but everything that happened in the old testament is a shadow so we are talking about prayer hanging in there it's a shadow and one of the things that the old testament they did was whenever they want to go and pray they would go to a tabernacle have you heard that word tabernacle they would go to a tabernacle and whenever they prayed and they had a lot of rituals to do and we will come to that but in the new testament god reveals that in a very practical way and these are the three levels of prayer you will see this in matthew chapter 7 verse 7 it says ask seek and knock and ask seek and knock are three levels of prayer and in the christian community there are three levels of also christian prayers sorry to say that but that's how it is because somehow we we are not we are all equals in the eyes of god but that doesn't mean we have grown mature everybody in the eyes of god some of you are still taking baby steps some of you walked in the front doesn't make you superior or inferior it just that's how you are so ask what do you do ask of the promises of god ask for the things we ask today god to heal this nation heal that's part of that's part of the thing as a child you ask it's part of your design to ask god ask for the things now next intensity of the prayer is seek that's what matthew 7 says seek seek his presence now we are not seeking the miracles we are seeking the miracle worker it's a deep intense level so now the attention from face so attention from the hands is moved to the face are you following me is it all clear so th- there is another intense one this is the one it's called knock which is basically god says in revelations 3:20 it says behold i stand and knock the door and if anyone opens i will come and dine with him and he will dine with me what does that mean that's the kononia kononia means face to face that's the deep communion with god now it's not about i'm asking god for my needs and then say thank you it's not about i'm just enjoying his presence and then still like have my own life now it's all my I'm, my life is absorbed by the presence of jesus 
And I'm, 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 I'm enjoying this presence. And this is, this is what it means. It means dwelling with him. John 1.32 says, it's not up on the screen. John 1.32 says, I, John records this. I saw Holy Spirit come down in a form of a dove and it remained on Jesus. So that means the constant awareness of the presence of God. So the person who walks in the intensity of knocking realm, they are very careful how they let their words they are not gossipers. They don't sit with gossipers. They don't sit with negative naysayers. Why? They are not, they are not spiritually elitist. That's a religion. They are more in God conscious because they cannot afford to lose this tangible presence of God away from their life. Am I making sense? Are we? Yes? Okay. Now, if you take we don't have time because of running out of time. I have just given you a reductionistic teaching on tabernacle. If you read, go home and read Exodus chapter 25 to 31 and 35 to 40. Uh, that's a long chapter. So you can do it in a day or a two, but it's, it takes some time to read. But if you read it, you will know the detailed description of the tabernacle. So, but Jesus said something very bold statement. By the way, whenever Jesus made a statement, he actually made a statement that was anti-religion. Why? Because Jesus was not religious. He never endorsed a religion. He never started a religion. He never promoted a religion. He was actually promoting a kingdom that is internal kingdom, external kingdom, but also eternal kingdom. Amen? So he said the statement which freaked many Jews out of the day. It, it, in other words, it, it freaks their daylights out of them. So this is what he said in John chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. He said, Jesus explained. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And that freaked people out. Because the Old Testament referred these three things to three levels in tabernacle. And we will come back to that in a moment. And look what he's saying. No one, and this is what, if you would have stopped here, it would have offended them. But this is what made them not only offended, but got them crazy. That's what he said. No one comes to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. From now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experience in him. This statement, we don't realize how tough it was for the Jewish people, especially come from the Pharisees and Sadducees background to hear this because they could not see the entire tabernacle in a carpenter's son's life. Are you following me? Yes? Now, let's move to the next one. I mean, this is what I... It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a little bit description about the tabernacle. Both, put the boats one. Okay, so you will see here, this is the outer court, and then this is called the inner court, and then the third one is what we call the Holy of Holies. Now, the entire tabernacle looks like a like a football stadium it's like so big and uh, and we don't have time to go into the details everything that if you read in exodus chapter 25 to 31 the details of that everything has a spiritual meaning in the new testament we don't have all the time to unlock it if if you are here willing to stay for until four o'clock then maybe perhaps we can talk a little bit of it but we're going to go into just three areas the outer court say this with me outer court inner court and the Holy of Holies. Okay, come on, one more time. Outer court, inner court. Inner court is called the holy place. And the last one is called the Holy of Holies. Okay, now, so these three levels symbolically talks about 
when everyone comes to the outer court this is a, this is the narrow gate and the bible says i think in mark, mark chapter 4 it says the narrow gate is the way that you enter into life so everyone who walks into the narrow gate the jews will say i'm entering i'm going to the way and they say where are you going i'm going to the way and then when they come inside you have two things here i'll explain to you in a minute and then this this place is what the outer court and in these two places when you pass this then you go this the third the second area is called the the holy uh, holy place where you have the three things the lampstand and the showbread and the incense and when they say i'm getting to know the truth and then finally they will arrive to that and they will say holy of holies nobody can go only the priest can go and that's why in the old testament isaiah 50, 65 it says it says you shall be priest but then if you read first peter 2 it says you are a royal priesthood can you see the difference it was proclaimed that you shall be priest but now it says you are a priest so you have this two big uh, differences and now i want you to go a little deeper in this are you, are you okay everybody is okay so now let's let's move to the next one okay now the outer court let's look at the outer court the outer court symbolically talks about the body and what do you do in the outer court there are two things there in the outer court it's go back uh, please the outer court has got the altar and the and the laver altar and the laver and this is what the bible says in psalms 100 verse 5 it says enter is gates with thanksgiving enter is gates with thanksgiving so how many of you get your salary weekly nobody two weeks once no monthly yes yeah come on yes i'm a wiveamer so <laughs> that's a different story <laughs> yes everybody gets salary monthly yes can i see your hands yes what do you do when you get your salary kfc brother no <laughs> what do you do you thank the lord right you thank the lord when it's credited i don't know it's i don't know your system how it works it may be credited in your account or you give a get a check or i don't know get a stack i i don't know what you get but somehow it comes what do you do first thing you thank the lord that's what happens every time when you encounter jesus what do you do you thank him you praise him you say jesus that's what happens every time a person encounters jesus the first word comes out of him is what thank you why because i don't deserve this i don't deserve this the salvation you have given that's what here in this altar the brazen altars mm, sorry the brazen altar here that's what talks about it talks about the sacrifice of jesus the sacrifice of jesus so every time when you see the altar that's burning i'm supposed to be burning there but god's ultimate price was burned there and you say wow thank you jesus thank you and then what happens the priest walks in and then he goes to this laver what is a laver laver is a big bowl of vessel with water and what happens after you know the ultimate price that jesus paid for you now he takes you to the water the water talks about holy spirit that he cleanses you that's the baptism that is the baptism of the holy spirit baptism of the water now you are not only saved now you are baptized what is baptism baptism does not save you but it tells you are saved you cannot go you you you, you cannot go to the outer the, to the laver without the brazen altar because the brazen altar gives you the permission to acknowledge the laver am i talking chinese or makes sense or kapish yes i'm getting there okay don't lose me okay let's go to the slide brother okay here now So the altar talks about the sacrifice of Jesus. Look at this verse. 
John 15:13 Greater love as no one than any than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Hebrews 9:22 says, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. So whenever you encounter Jesus, that's why people first thing they say, thank the Lord. What do we what do we teach our kids? The first thing we say, how do you say? Thank you. Why? Because it's part of the gratitude. I mean, attitude of gratitude. That's what every time the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you say, thank you, Jesus. You're not singing the whole hippie song. Thank you, Jesus. But it's just the reality of getting in the morning. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this kindness. Thank you for your goodness. You know, that's what you do. And then once you come inside, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, 4 says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now you come to the next level. It's called the lever. The lever is the washing. We just talked about the washing. It is the baptism of water and the spirit. John 3, 5 says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now and then I like the James version, you know. It's very, you know. And Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. This is the outer court. You thank the Lord for what he has done and you praise him for what he has done in your life. That's what we call praise. That's why every time when you come together, there is something called we say praise and worship. Yes? What is praise? You thank him for what he has done. What is worship? You don't thank him for what he has done. You worship him for who he is. It's a big difference. You praise him for what he does, but you worship him for who he is. Amen. So now, to put it in practice, now lift up your hands, 30 seconds, thank the Lord. Whatever it could be, your salvation, your family, come on church, it's you, you got to do this. Come on, thank you daddy, thank you for giving us a place like this to come and worship. Thank you Jesus for my family that you took from the bondage to freedom, from slavery to sonship, from darkness to light. Come on church, come on. Lift up your voice. It is you're talking to daddy. Thank him. Thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, you're moving from the outer court to the inner court. What is called, uh, in the inner court is what I call the holy place. In the holy place, there are three things there. One is called, it's up there. Can we go back? Okay, I'll go here. I have the stick. Ah, here. The holy place has got, uh, you have the lampstand. And then you have the showbread and the incense. That is actually your soul, your body, your mind and your emotions. Yes, your, 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 your emotions and your body. Um, and, and this soul uh, has got three things. Lampstand, showbread and the altar of incense. What is a lampstand? Lampstand is a place where they have these candles and the olive oil was poured into that and the and the light was all the time being there. What happens? That's part of your mind. Every single time when you read the word, the mind is illuminated by the word of God. Amen. Look at this verse. Uh, let's go back here. We're going to go back and forth because we just need to see this. Lampstand. Romans 12 to renew your mind according to the don't be a conformist, be a 
transformist according to the likeness of the mind and john 1 1 says in the beginning was the word word was with god and god was the word was god and word was with god and the word transformed him the most saddest scripture in the entire bible is john 1 verse 5 it says his he came to his own and the horn did not recognize him so this is the thing happens now we are moving into the second realm not asking realm now you are moving into the seeking and seeking realm in this realm you have this three things in your soul your mind which with the mind you think with the emotions you feel and with your will you make decisions and this is the thing with a lampstand you can know the mind of christ that's why it's important to know the word otherwise everybody's word is going to be your word hello we, we that's why we encourage people please meditate on your word every single time meditate on the word what happens after you meditate on the word what happens there is another side it's called the showbread the showbread it's this the showbread here it talks about the the sufficiency of jesus what is the sufficiency of jesus it is god's ultimate price he paid on the cross Ephesians 2, 6, 2, 13, 14 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you are once far away, have been brought near to the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, that's the Gentiles and the Israelites, one and destroys the barrier of the dividing wall of hostility. John 6, 35 says, I am the bread of life. So now you, you not only get illuminated and get puffed up, that's what many times people say, well, I've read the Bible, now I know, I can make three points, I can make five points, now I can know how to articulate, I can put a little humor to it. No, no, no. Now you realize your life is absolutely nothing without realizing the showbread, which means Christ is alone your hope. So every time that brokenness comes in your life, it's like, wow, I don't deserve this. My emotions are controlled by the emotions of God. That, 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 that deep connection. You getting me what I'm trying to say? Yes. And then when in the middle of this, you have the lampstand and you have here the showbread and the middle of that, you find the altar of incense. And the altar of incense is the where you yield your mind. This is your life as poured voluntarily, willingly as a prayer offering. Remember, there is an altar in the outer court. Jesus was paid there. Now who is there here in the answer? Your life is poured out as a living sacrifice that's why first thessalonians 5 says pray constantly he didn't say pray for five minutes pray for 10 minutes pray in the morning pray in the afternoon pray when it's when you are needed it's like prayer constantly that means every single time you're yielding your will to the will of god what is the outer court it's the body you know the price he paid you're washed by the blood when you come to the inner court you know your mind is illuminated by the word of god and you know the emotions can go here and there but I know Christ paid the price for me the showbread tells me every time when I see the showbread it tells me that the Lord paid the price Amen and then I come to the altar of incense I say I am willingly pouring my life over to do your will Amen how do you do the will of God? by yielding your will to the will of God God's will will never be imposed on you He is not a dictator if he does that, he is not God. The most precious gift God gave us is the will. The most dangerous gift God gave us is the will. Why it's precious? Why it is dangerous? Dangerous because you can use your will to do against God's will. Why it is precious? You can use your will to do God's will. That's the altar of incense. Your life is an incense. People look at it and say, wow, 
this man is a surrendered man this woman is a surrendered woman what does that mean you are using your will to do god's will it's not easy but you cannot arrive there just like that it's a process you understand what christ has done you're washed by the blood you're washed by the water you come inside you're illuminated by the word day in day out the bible says in one psalms verse 3 says he's like a man planted by the streams of water so he chews the word day and night and then he knows christ paid the price now he pours his life as a living sacrifice amen and then finally it comes this is the beautiful part he comes to the holy of holies what is that it is a spirit do you know in the outer court there was natural light and the inner court there is only the candle light and in the holy of holies there is no light do you know that in the holy of what does that mean in the outer court that's church everybody comes together you know you uh, there is something like you don't even pray but somebody out next to you is praying and speaking in tongues you look at them and say wow yeah maybe i should do that also i look like a sinner this is just like you get encouraged by it. this is good but this is not going to be all the time but then comes the inner court what is the inner court it's just you and a group of friends that's why we always encourage people to find a small group work on the small work with them find a mentor in your life just grow in life with your word but then there will be a time will come that's just you alone you and god alone and that time the outer court is not going to take you help you the inner court is not going to help you it's between you and god alone so ark of the so the holy of holies got the three things ark of the covenant what is have you heard this term called ark of the covenant and what do you have in the ark of the covenant only three things are there aaron's rod have you heard this aaron's rod yes i feel like i'm losing you guys yes aaron's rod aaron's rod is the rod that many guys said oh you think you are can you can only lead people i can also lead people so god said put all your rods in this place i will make sure the one that i choose will have buds of almonds okay so aaron's rod became budded and then there is another one was inside was called manna the word manna means what is it so every time you ask your wife what is it for dinner you're asking manna hello okay that's exactly means manna okay so what is it so manna and then the third one were tablets mm, not the paracetamol <laughs> the 10 commandments okay these three things what was it called come on you can say manna aaron's rod and tablets what is the manna you are absolutely sure that he is your provider what is the aaron rod the ultimate say is from god he has got the final say the authority comes from him what is the tablets the holy spirit helps you to fulfill the original design that's the ark of the covenant you're beautifully situated there now look at this verse john 5 this is beautiful it says like this i am the vine you are the branches the one who remains in me and i in him bears much fruit because apart from me you can accomplish nothing look at someone say without jesus you are a zero with jesus you are a hero amen If you remain in me and my words remain in you what is the word that's we are talking about the outer court the inner court sorry the inner court the washing of the blood with water and then also the whole putting the word inside the lamp stand illuminating so that's what it means if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you want see many people have this word they take this verse and say i ask whatever i want lord make me a millionaire hmm? 
I need this upgrade on my house, upgrade on my phone, upgrade on my girlfriend. It's, it's like, this is cut and paste theology. But if it says, if you remind in me, hello, that means you entered the gate with thanksgiving, you eat the courts with praise, and then you come inside, you are filled with the illumination of the word, and you see the sacrifice Jesus paid, and you pour your will as a willing sacrifice on the altar of incense. Now you come. And you say, in the Ark of the Covenant, I am remining in Him. Then God says, whatever you ask, it will be done to you. My Father is honored by this, by, by you bear much fruit, so that you are my disciples. What is the fruit they are talking about? It's not the externals. The ultimate fruit is what? Christ formed in you. Hello? When you are in the outer court, you don't see Christ formed. You want to see another fruit, how successful you are. The inner court is not about the external success. The greatest success, write it down if you're not taking notes. If you're taking notes, write it down this one. The greatest success in your life is to fulfill the will of God in your life. That's the ultimate circus, success in your life. You know, and this is what happens. So, a deep sense of fear and trembling. This is what we call worship. Shaka. We, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Shaka, which is the complete prostrateness before God my life before you and this is what happens now you are making his prayers as your prayers now you are not going and saying God give me this please change your mind please change his mind please do this please do that give me this promotion change this guy you know do this this do this thing you know give me give me this uh, you know uh, promotion this and this you are not moving there you are just coming into this deep sense like now he's praying through you what is it called it is called intercession what is intercession? God says something to you so that you can tell God what he told you. And this place you cannot arrive like that. It takes time. It takes time. That's why one man of God said, time spent with God is never a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. Now, you are in this beautiful place. Let me ask you this question. How many of you like to be in this place? To make the prayers of Jesus. I desire that every time. You know why? It cuts a lot of headache. Why? Because if I know what prayers to make, it's easier. Otherwise, I have to go around the bush. I mean, in the medical term, they say, whatever you misdiagnose, you mistreat. Right? Hello, come on. Yes, it's very normal. So, this is the thing. If I go around the bush, I'm thinking, you know, people say, I don't know if I do this, if I do this, if I don't. Just relax in the presence of God. How do you relax in the presence of God? Go through the step. The Old Testament is a shadow of what God has already said. Way, truth and life. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Wash yourself with the word. Illuminate yourself with the word. Understand the, that your emotions are guided by the emotions of God. Pour your life as a willing sacrifice. Understand this Ark of the Covenant. That's why it's called Ark of the Covenant. It's not says Ark of the Contract. There's a big difference between a contract and a covenant. We have a contract. This building is going on. We have a contract. You give certain money, he does that for you. You don't give, the contract breaks. Covenant is different from contract. Covenant says, I will remain faithful even in your unfaithfulness. Amen. That's why we serve not a contract-keeping God. We serve a covenant-keeping God. Amen. And, and we're going to run quickly. And this is what happens. We praise Jesus for what he does. His mighty works, wonders and miracles. But we worship Jesus for who he is. He is holy. This is what happens. The 24 elders. Have you heard this? 24 elders in the Revelation. What are the 24 elders? The Old Testament of 24 
the tribes of Israel, the New Testament, the 24 apostles, the, 20, the, 12, in the Old Testament, the 12 and the New, they come together when they encountered the lamb that was slain. This is what they said. They didn't say, wow, you look nice. You look so cute. You didn't say, wow, you're mighty. They didn't say anything. They just bowed down and they just started saying, holy, holy, holy. What does that mean? There is nothing else you can say when you see God. And this is what we worship him, not for what he does. That's religion. Hey, God is doing this. But we worship him for who he is. That comes to this deep sense of kononia, face to face with God. And, and look at this. Outer court, there is natural light. We talked about congregational gathering. Inner court, there is only a lampstand. That small group and mentorship. Under the holy of holies, no light. And where this Jesus, it's Jesus and you alone. Let me tell you, a lot of people are scared to go to the Holy of Holies. Why? Because it's a scary place. And there will be a time will come. Everyone has to go to the Holy of Holies. Why? Because you're not in the Old Testament. You're in the New Testament. What is the covenant God has given? You are a royal priesthood. That means you are eligible by rights in Christ to go into the Holy of Holies. And that time, nobody will be there to comfort you. It is you get your comfort. That's what David prophesied in 1 Samuel. He said, he encouraged himself in the Lord. What does that mean? He was not looking for encouragement from outside. He was not looking for encouragement from the congregation, from the people. He was looking for encouragement that is from inside the Holy of Holies. And I want to tell and challenge you. There will be a season will come where you thought these people are going to stand with you or not going to stand with you. But you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. And this is what I wrote down here. What happens? We're going to quickly finish this. What happens? Many people come to the outer court. Some people come into the inner court. But few only come to the Holy of Holies. Why? It requires time. Hello? Many people come to the outer court. Yes? Sunday mornings, everybody. Most of them. Yes? And Easter, you better go. Because at least to show off on the... You know... I know one of my friends. On Good Friday, he got drunk. I asked him why. Oh, potangi yaura. <laughs> they took him off. And then Easter, I saw him, he was drunk again. I asked him why. My king has risen. <laughs> you are people like that, you know. And if they come on the congregation, it's good. But I tell you guys, if you get only your spiritual food only on Sundays for 30 minutes, I tell you, you are malnourished. That's why you need to come to the inner court, which is basically you and your lampstand, quiet time with the Lord. Connect, find a mentor. Mentor doesn't need to be so old. Someone who just walked a few steps ahead of you, who can challenge you, who can ask you tough questions. And then there will be a time will come, it's just you and God alone. Amen. So what happens when you don't pray? Few things happens. And this book of Job gives you a clear description. We're going to take, please take your Bible to book of Job. We're going to uh, spend some few minutes there and i believe job had a beautiful insight in all these things and, and this is what he wrote down in job 21 17 18 19 20 in this beautiful uh, thing before i just read that i will tell you this when you, the worst thing you can do to yourself is not to pray look at someone and say the worst thing you can do to yourself is not to pray this is what people say the worst thing you can do to your body is not to have breakfast that's what they say. The worst thing you can do 
to your bodies not to have breakfast i know some of you 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 have you you know you don't know when breakfast started when night finished because of the ward and everything your duty and my like my friend prithvi we got the brush all the time with his in his pocket and so i don't know now when it started you know breakfast so probably yes but the best thing you can do is to have a good solid breakfast and this is the thing like the worst thing you can do is not to pray why because when you don't pray you don't connect to god when you don't connect to god everything else gets connected that's what the bible says in isaiah 40 31 when you pray your wings are like rose up like eagles and you run and not get tired so how many of you want to have wings not like now but in a spiritual terms what gives wings gives you perspective there was a movie that came called the birdman you know we're not talking about that it's just this wings that gives you perspective heavenly perspective because you are above the situation that's why we pray we always above the situation why because our body is here but our spirit in the heavenly christ so our we have to remind our body our emotions our soul our mind to where we are seated in the heavenlies that's why we pray spend time with god and this is what happens when you don't pray behold their prosperity is not in their land job 21 the counsel of the wicked is far from from me that's mean god says no counsel for you so when you don't pray there is no counsel look at this verse how often is the lamp of the wicked put out no light no clarity people don't even pray they ask everybody can i pray can you get me this can you understand this you know so many opinion have you heard this statement too many chef spoil the cook yes that's what happened so many people are bombarded with everything somebody said if you eat chicken you will get corona virus it became 20 rupees a kilo now again one post is saying mutton if you eat it will get corona virus they wanted to reduce that also you know people are scared of everything scared of anything it's like you say something in those days you see you sneeze they will say god bless you now you sneeze they say get lost because the only the only thing you can do now go into your cubicle and you say i just came from italy that's it it's it's fear of you know phobia it's just horrible things look at this verse does god destruction is anger are there are they a straw before the wind and like chaff with the storm carries away no preservation you say god stores away a man's iniquity for his sons let god repay him so that he may not know it no forgiveness in his own eyes in his decay let him drink the wrath of the almighty no mercy you read the chapter for yourself you will see they let's turn now you all have job just wanted to take a couple of verses job 21 look at this verse uh, verse 14 it's not up on the screen it they say to god leave us alone we have no desire to know your ways when you when you don't pray that's exactly what you are saying to god maybe you don't mean it but that's exactly what you are saying to god leave me alone that means i'm busy i cannot spend time with you i don't have a desire to know your ways let me tell you guys i'm going to say this as polite as i can there is no such thing called quick fix in christianity it's not going to work it's not a magic tantra you come here pastor will lay hands you know like this scripture they take the lady said if i can touch the hem of the robe i will be healed so you come and say if the pastor puts a hand on me i will be healed no 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 there's no magic there's no magic 
Some, there are this, this is what happens when you don't pray. You are saying, I desire not to know your ways. Who is Almighty? Look at verse 15. Who is Almighty that we should serve Him? What would we gain by praying to Him? Sometimes we say, can I, can I ask you this question? How many times you don't feel like praying? Yes, you don't feel. Why? Because if sometimes our body and our soul doesn't catch up with the spirit. So we don't feel like praying. How many of you when you heard the alarm clock this morning, you feel like to curse and cast the demon out of the alarm clock? Yes. Why? Because our body doesn't like it. Body will never like it. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I think in 14 it says, Paul says, I treat my body in such a way that it obeys me. What was that me? It's the spirit. I want to challenge you this morning to think about this. That's what happens when you don't pray. I wrote down here 10 things quickly. When you don't pray, no, no prayer, no counsel. No prayer, no protection. No prayer, no light. No prayer, no wisdom. No prayer, actually should be no mercy. But anyway, mercy, be mercy. No prayer, no blessings. No prayer, no life. What life you're talking about? Many, many Christians are dead, but they get buried away 50 years later. You get my point? They are just dead. They're dead, but they're just buried 50 years later, 60 years later. Why? Because there's no prayer, no life. No prayer, no generational blessing. I put my hand on my kids and I say, Isaac and Asha, in the name of Yeshua, you're highly favored, deeply loved, greatly blessed. You'll grow in wisdom and stature, one favor before God and men. Papa God loves you. And we declare Psalms 139, not the entire Psalm. We, we take the portion of the scripture and we declare. Why? Because we want to see the greatest blessing you want to have your kids have is what? That they will be lovers of God. Amen? That is a, Kids... Parents, you know what I'm talking about. They, more than the degree, the inheritance, the properties we transfer, all those things, yes. But it's, it's, it's not going to take them anywhere. What is going to take them is going to be, they become radical followers of Jesus and lovers of God. And no prayer, no preservation. That means they, you don't have the longevity in your life. No prayer, no forgiveness. Sometimes Christians are the most unforgiving. Malcolm Muggeridge, I don't know whether you heard about a guy. Malcolm Muggeridge, he was a journal, British journalist. He said Christians are the most forgiven people, but Christians are also the most unforgiving people. Christians, don't talk with other Christians. Christians criticize other Christians. Churches criticize other churches. Come on, let's put an end to this. Let's create a culture of prayer. Amen. I want my desire for Papa's house that you will have an attitude of gratitude. Have a lifestyle of prayer. Amen. Not just on Sunday morning, not just when you feel good, not just when you hit the rock bottom, not just when you have a big challenge, but every single time that you will find time to be in the presence of God. Why? Because you deserve to be there. It is your right. It is your right. Outer court, don't be an outer court Christian. Don't be just an inner court Christian. Go to the Holy of Holies. Let's stand up.